When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Trying to win football games for the New York Jets feels at this point like a pointless, pointless. I can't even I can't even describe what I would call it. It's just a, a completely pointless way to go about life because of who they have at their quarterback position right now. It's Carlin versus Joe at ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, I am a wordsmith, if nothing else, Joseph, as you can see. (laughs) Uh, I'm Chris Carlin. He is Joe Fortenbaugh, and he is Field Yates, ESPN NFL insider and host, of course, of Fantasy Focus Football, who joins us right now. So, Field, the Jets are going back to Zach Wilson, and I, I... I'm going to ask this question, and I can't even believe I'm asking it. Is it the right decision for the Jets to win football games in December? <laughs> uh, you know, Chris, first of all, like it's a reasonable question to ask for a lot of people right now, a lot of teams around the NFL, because we have just five games left. Mock drafts are starting to bubble up. Players are announcing their intentions to declare for the NFL draft. Tis the season, as they say. Uh, the problem for the Jets, though, is that So much of what takes place for the rest of this year and really the entirety of this year is how it impacts, if at all, the 2024 season. And I just don't know that the sort of culture, which is one of those words that we throw around probably too much in the NFL and probably sports in general, if they go, if they lose their final five games, that would bring them to uh, four and 13, if my math is correct. Like, that might leave a pretty sour taste in the mouth, and it might beg a lot of questions about who is going to be there going forward in New York. So while it might help their draft stock and they could use a player like Brock Bowers out of Georgia to fill their current tight end need, as an example, it might necessarily might not necessarily be a good thing for sort of the intangibles that are a lot tougher to quantify that impact an organization. Okay, so what should happen and what will happen? Sometimes those are aligned, sometimes they differ. Rogers, Salah, general manager Joe Douglas. What will happen regarding their future and whether or not they're back next season? What should happen? Yeah, I mean, here's what I would say, I would say, Joe, is that I think that Aaron Rodgers had a pretty positive feeling about uh, both both Joe Douglas and also Robert Sala, and that's part of the reason why he was amenable to being traded uh, to New York Jets. And I have not heard a thing, nor has Aaron suggested anything publicly that makes me feel like he is not a fan of those two gentlemen. So uh, when that is the case, my, my, my general sort of gut feeling is that inertia will prevail, and these two men could very well be back, in, part, in large part because – you know, what's the evaluation of this team without Aaron Rodgers? It's hard to say because of the fact that they went from a four-time NFL MVP uh, who had won two of the past three to, I don't know, I mean, one of the worst quarterback rooms in the NFL this year and probably in the past half decade. Uh, but it's going to – a lot of questions are going to be asked. I mean, you can already tell that there's some unrest right now with fans and there's no market where the owner hears the fan base louder and more clearly than New York, because it's the largest media market in our country. 
Field Yates, ESPN NFL insider, host of Fantasy Focus Football with us. Uh, Field uh, Fantasy Football Focus, excuse me. Uh, Field, let's talk about the situation right now with Josh Allen. Greeny went off this morning about how Josh Allen is unfairly criticized. He has turned the ball over 90-plus times since he's been in the league. How should we be looking at Josh Allen? I think he's one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. But here's the problem, Chris is that no quarterback is unfairly criticized because this is what we do. We criticize these quarterbacks when they go into rough patches, and then when they turn things around, we do I told you so analysis, right? I mean, that's what's happening right now with Dak Prescott. Is everybody that was crushing Dak for uh, you know falling short in big moments in the past is now telling you that he's the best quarterback in the NFL. He is the front runner for NFL MVP. He's the kind of guy that you can build a Super Bowl winning team around, et cetera, et cetera. To whom much is given, much is expected. When a quarterback makes forty three million dollars a year, which is the case with Josh Allen, the reality is that if the Bills go fourteen and three, even if Josh is aided by great offensive line play and a really good defense, we're going to talk about the quarterback. If the Bills are 6-6, six and six, despite the fact that Josh Allen is playing unbelievable football right now, he's going to get a whole lot of blame because of the fact that they are just 6-6. Six and six. So if I were starting a franchise right now and I was doing a draft, who would be the first five players taken? At least as, as far as I'm concerned, Josh is one of them. But until he wins a Super Bowl and has a signature moment in the playoffs in which the Bills also win the game, because, of course, that Kansas City game a couple of postseasons ago, they lost, despite Josh playing out of his mind, until he has one of those two things, and certainly the former, winning a Super Bowl, people are going to have this conversation about Josh Allen. Is he good? Is he bad? Is he overrated? Is he underrated? I think he's outstanding, but this is the territory the quarterbacks live in. Who do you think catches more unjustified heat, Prescott or Allen? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, wow. You know something, Joe? You're handsome and you ask good questions. Now, I know this is filibustering. This is filibustering. I know where he's going. Field is is a politician at at his core. He's a beautiful man, (laughs) and he knows how to spin. There we go. Look at you, filibustering right back. (laughs) I will go with Josh Josh Allen, and here's the reason why. (laughs) Excuse me. Is that um, I think there have been times in which the roster around Josh Allen has let him down more than the roster around Dak Prescott because the Cowboys roster has been excellent for quite some time now. The Bills have been very good, but their defense has been a shell of itself this season. Uh, it's a very, very close edge to Josh Allen, but he takes the cake in that department. Uh, Dak and his and his and his people right now are probably going to come after me, which is fine because Dak is definitely over criticized as well, but. Um, these guys are basically the Spider-Man meme right now. That's basically what they are. Field Yates is, <laughs> Field Yates is the host of Fantasy Focus Football. He's with us, Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Okay, so with that in mind with Dak, I think we all would immediately think that this is a much bigger game this week for the Cowboys than it is for the Eagles. But is that still the case, Field? I would make the case that it's not after what happened to Philadelphia this past week. So who is it at the bigger game for? I think it's a bigger game. Well, I will argue it's a bigger game for Philadelphia this weekend, and here's the reason why. And this may be bad reasoning, but just hear me out. The Cowboys, because of the fact that they have been you know, sort of jockeying behind Philadelphia for quite some time now, uh, is the Eagles have, until last weekend, just had one loss. I think they've kind of already accepted the possibility of going on the road to Atlanta or New Orleans in the first round of the playoffs and having to go the long, hard way in the postseason. 
Now they have some life, of course, and if they take care of business on Sunday night, they very much have some life for that top seed in the NFC and certainly that uh, NFC East division crown. But for Philly, it felt like even uh, understanding that they were winning games in very close fashion, like that this team was just going to continue to find a way and all would be okay once they got to the postseason, they'd probably have that first round by. Now things look a little bit hairy for Philadelphia because obviously if they lose on Sunday night, they would no longer be in uh, complete control of that number one seed. Uh, and their schedule down the stretch does include one more matchup against Seattle before it softens up. Dallas has a much more difficult road to hoe. So even winning on Sunday night still requires like some excellent efforts going forward to keep that number one spot in the, a- in the NFC East. I think it's very good though for Philadelphia just because I think this team uh, has to respond after not just losing, but getting thumped. Both of these teams, obviously, big-time victims of the 49ers during this regular season. Field, Dallas head coach Mike McCarthy went to the hospital today. Uh, emergency appendectomy, so he's going to have the appendix removed. Uh, he's going to be out of the hospital later today. I think he's going to miss a little practice, but he's expected to be back on the sidelines for the game on Sunday. That sort of thing. Is that going to have an impact here, a big impact, a small impact, no impact? Because he's going to be back, and I think you know it, it doesn't seem like it's that serious, but you know more about the day-to-day than I do. Yeah, this is, uh, and I, with all due respect, you know, I, I respect the heck out of what Mike McCarthy has done this year, and he's, he's a Super Bowl winning head coach. He's a damn good football coach. I'm not trying to mitigate his importance, but uh, I think this is like closer to minimal impact than it is significant impact. You know, there's a reason why every head coach has an assistant head coach. Oftentimes, the special teams coordinator is the uh, person that will step up uh, in this sort of situation because of the fact that the special teams coordinator coaches both offensive and defensive guys. They basically coach everybody other than the quarterbacks and the prima donna wide receivers on special teams. So uh, I think this will be one where the assistants will be just fine handling it. You know, Dan Quinn is a defensive coordinator, obviously been a longtime head coach as well. They'll be fine, but uh, Mike McCarthy, football guy. Look at that. I mean, he's ready to bounce back right away. He probably wishes he were back in the office tonight, Joe. Field Yates with us. Uh, One last question. Uh, Somewhat alarming is another word I would use. Concerning, maybe. Is it true that you call your followers Yaters? Uh, that's not true. Um, I mean, it's a good nickname. Um, and I do have a Yaters Gonna Eat t-shirt. Uh, Joe signed it, so I don't wear it anymore because I'm going to sell it on eBay one day. Right. Uh, but I I might start doing that. I might start calling my but, followers Yaters. Right, but, what's up, but, Yaters? Just tweet that every morning. It's I, a great I, name. It, it would make for a great hashtag field. I don't know. I I, I went back and I was, looking at some, I was looking at some things online. It feels like maybe once or twice you might have referred to them as Yaters, no? <laughs> mm, okay. That's possible. That's possible. <laughs> now we're – I don't want to I expose you. you here. This he's, is not 60 minutes, but, I mean – He's got a future in politics. He does. <laughs> he, he, can fill, <laughs> he can filibuster. He can bend the truth. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Well done, Field. Uh, and thank it's you. Called being in sport, it's called being sports media, guys. You know how this <laughs> stuff works, right? <laughs> Thanks, Field. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Take care. Field Yates, ESPN <laughs> NFL Insider. It's not a bad name, the Yaters. No, it's a great name. It, it is. It's just like I can't possibly think of what we would call fans of the show. All right. But, we'll give it some thought in the break. I think that there is a great opportunity there to come up with something. You've used the term Carlin versus Joe Nation before. I feel like a lot of people use Nation. I feel like that's that's where we we could have a cut. We we could find something different. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe maybe the Fat Boys. I don't know. (laughs) 
I mean, I tell you one thing: I'm not consistently exercising, so I can get on board with that. <laughs> a huge concern for one NBA title contender. That's after Joe has this from our friends at Farm Fresh Trees. Hey, oh, get real and keep it real this holiday season by buying real Christmas trees. Did you know that buying real Christmas trees? Well, this is big part number one: help save American Christmas tree farming industry. That's one thing you want to keep an eye on. Number two: for every ten Christmas trees planted, you save an acre of land. You're also saving American farmers' jobs. Buying real Christmas trees helps keep real holiday memories alive while helping our environment. Buy real Christmas trees this holiday season at Lowe's or wherever Christmas trees are sold. Get more information online at GetRealKeepItReal.com. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, let's start by handling the accounting. The last time we were on two and two, up three tenths of a unit, we had to pay off the loss on the Boston future. We had the Celtics eight to one to win the in season tournament. Thanks a lot, Tatum and Brown, once again down the stretch, not finding ways to close games out, neither here nor there. Yeah, they didn't happen to care too much about the tournament. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, Overall, 95, 98, and two. We're down 12.48 units, so we have got to get this thing moving. Tonight, we're going to go player prop in the Denver Clipper matchup. Nikola Jokic, over 12.5 rebounds, is even money. Now, that's right around his season average, which is 12.8. But he's had four days off coming into this game, so you know he's going to be rested and ready to play. The most important thing is the matchup here tonight with the Clippers. He owns the glass against the Clippers. Played him once this season, had 16 boards. He has racked up 115 rebounds in eight games over the last three years against the Clippers. That's an average of 14.3 per game. Pizza money tonight. Nikola Jokic over 12 and a half rebounds, even money. Vegas, baby! Vegas! The Lakers win it! 106-103. You got the greatest competitors in the world fighting for something, so let's fight. 
And the Lakers do advance to the semifinals of the NBA Cup. They have gotten the New Orleans Pelicans tomorrow night. That is at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. Also, the earlier game at 5 p.m. Eastern, Indiana at Milwaukee. Well, not at. The games are in Vegas. But you get the point of who the home teams are uh, for the semifinals of the NBA Cup on ESPN Radio right here. Joe is getting a big dose right now of what it's like to live on the East Coast as he just realized he's going to have to stay up late to watch the Pelicans and the Lakers oh, come man. tomorrow night. Oh, man. That Welcome is the to the thing. 9 o'clock start, Cowboy. So I've spent uh, a good portion of my life out West multiple times, and I've been on the East Coast. Now, this is my third time East. And yeah. the biggest difference, everyone says, oh, it's going to be the weather that gets you. No, it's going to be the start times. There's yep. nothing better than the West Coast start times. Games starting Monday night, Thursday night, just after Five o'clock games on Sunday starting at 10 a.m. That's going to be the biggest transition for me. Uh, honestly, I have always wanted to live out west for that very reason, and I never have. Just the whole idea of having your NFL Sunday potentially start at 10 a.m. every week. It's wonderful because you have just enough time to get several things done that need to be done and then settle in without having to wait. The idea of waiting until 1 p.m. It, there's just this, this. it's too much. It's yeah. too much. So that's the rant for today. Well, meanwhile, last night, uh, you had to stay up late to find out what happened in the Phoenix-Lakers game. And Lakers ended up winning controversy at the end, all of that. Bigger problem is that Phoenix has yet to have the big three on the floor together at the same time. Joseph, it's not a good sign. When we are barely in the month of December and already you're ineligible for any of the postseason awards in the NBA (laughs) because you're not going to play enough games. And that's what the deal is with Bradley Beal. This morning on Get Up, here's Monica McNutt and Jay Williams discussing the injury and its impact. Are we ever going to see Bradley? Are we ever going to see the trio that everyone was all excited about? The Suns put together a big three, and they have not yet been that. I mean, they're saying it's a disc issue. I can tell you one thing. You know, back issues, lower back issues aren't things to play around with, especially as you need a game of endurance down the stretch. I was just in Phoenix on Friday. He's supposed to be reevaluated on Friday. It was a week from Friday when we were at the game. They're optimistic, but that's not something that goes away overnight. Yeah, it's not. And look, I do believe that at some point here early in the coming year, the calendar year, we will get a look at the three of them together. And you would hope that you'd be able to get some of the chemistry together in the coming months here. Because, look, Joe, it's exceptionally good for the league if those three guys are playing together because it's going to make the playoffs that much better. But, boy, that scares the daylights out of me when I hear lower back in a disc. It absolutely should. I mean, so far this season, Durant's played 19 of 21. Booker's played 12 of 21. Beal has played 3 of 21. It's early. It's early. They're 12 and 9 this season. They've got enough talent where getting into the playoffs shouldn't be a huge issue. But that's not what we talk about with Kevin Durant. We're going to talk about whether or not he's going to win a championship. That's the level he's on. It's not about can they get into the playoffs, can they get into the play-in tournament. It's can you go out and win this thing. And it's early because we haven't seen these three together yet, so I'm going to withhold judgment on this, but there's something that most championship contenders have in common, and that's some level of consistency. Um, A head coach that's been around for a while, a star player that's been around for a while, depth and bench pieces that have been around for a while. You know, that was Denver. 
Mike Malone had been there for years. Jokic and Murray had been there for years. And they made some moves here and there, Aaron Gordon, for example, to continue to bolster the roster. And then eventually the window opened and they took advantage of it. You know, they had that consistency. That was the same thing in in Milwaukee with Coach Bud and with Giannis and with the players. And then they go out and they get Drew Holiday. Phoenix hasn't had that. Beal wasn't on the team last year. Nurkic wasn't on the team last year. They changed coaches this offseason. That that constant change, that constant inconsistency that you put out there, it's difficult to just flip a switch come playoff time and win four of seven four times in a row against really good teams. Look, if we're talking about when they have to be together and actually be healthy enough to play an extended amount together – to build that chemistry and to be ready for the postseason, you're right. You can't just flip the switch. For me, it's early February, early to all-star break at the latest. Yeah. At the absolute latest. When I need to, I need 25 to 30 games of them together before the postseason to really get a full idea of what that's going to look like. I'll tell you what, though. This could very quickly devolve into what happened in Brooklyn. Not necessarily from the blow-up, combustible situation the drama you mean right the drama will not necessarily be there only one third of that triumvirate really provides high-end drama and that's durant but it could certainly be where it's not working and we're all going to find that out relatively quickly if beal can't play if durant suffers another injury and with booker same kind of thing like that felt like a big, big roll of the dice on Matt Ishbia's part with Beal in particular. And I understood why he did it. He was going big game hunting, but it's starting to feel like when are these newer owners going to learn that you just can't go out and throw it all together? Well, that's what they hope for, right? They've got a lot of money and they've got a lot of success from whatever they did to make all that money. So they feel they can come in and that they have the insight necessary to get an organization moving in the right direction. Maybe they don't, but they want to see results right away. They want to yeah. come in and 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 they, they no one wants not many people want to buy a team and then just sit back and do nothing. Right? It's your new toy. You want to take it out for a spin. So that's what Ishbia wants to do in Phoenix. That's why he gets rid of the head coach. That's why he brings in Bradley Beal, but The biggest problem for the Suns last year in the playoffs, they had no depth. If you look at what Durant and Booker did when they were on the floor, they were extraordinary. Uh. But those two needed to combine for like 90 points a night in order for the Suns to even be in it against Denver. Like Denver rolled through them in that series, rolled through them. I know they didn't sweep them, but in the wins, they blew them out. That shows you how far away Phoenix is. They could not count on anyone in the key bench minutes. The Warrior dynasty was headlined by the big three. But you had huge minutes throughout the course of that that were given you by guys like Wiggins at the end, uh, Andre Iguodala, Leandro Barbosa, David Lee the one year when he was coming off the bench, played big minutes, um, Mo Buckets, JaVale McGee. You got to have some role guys that can give you some non-awful minutes in the postseason. And that's where Phoenix was woefully short last year. And they're hoping that some of the trades that they pulled off this offseason have bolstered that. But you're never going to know what those guys look like if they're in the starting lineup because none of the starters are healthy enough to play. Joseph, temperatures are getting low, but... 
demand remains high? Well, <laughs> you need Indeed, my friend. They're all in one platform. Helps you attract, interview, and hire candidates all from one place. And Indeed's interview tool lets you schedule and conduct virtual interviews right from their website. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Joseph, the biggest secret in all of sports may be exposed just a little bit on Tuesday. It's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You know, obviously, Otani, he's on a mission. Good home run, Shohei Otani. The best bat in the big leagues. Oh, by the way, he's going to start and give you elite performance there, too. Otani set the 3-2 pitch. Swings and misses. But do not, do not speak his name. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Cardinal sin, Joseph, cardinal sin by Dave Roberts, the Dodgers manager. This week at the winter meetings was asked about the Dodgers meeting with Shohei Otani. Yeah, we met with him. You know, I don't want to, I'd like to be honest. And so uh, we, we, we met with Shohei and uh, we talked and... Um, I think it went well. I think it went well. But at the end of the day, uh, he's his own man, and he's going to do what's best uh, for himself, uh, where he feels most comfortable. And then Dodger PR folks had to have the GM come out and and speak to the media and say, no comment, no comment, no comment, because Shohei doesn't want anybody talking about his free agency and who's meeting with who. It's absolutely silly. But here's the better part of it, Joe. There is a great article about it written today by our good friend Buster Olney, ESPN Baseball Insider and host of the Baseball Tonight podcast. You want to get smarter about baseball, you listen to it because it's phenomenal. And Buster joins us right now. Buster, I just tweeted out the link to the article, and I I think it's absolutely phenomenal because it is just mind-boggling to me that this guy that we have been talking about being a free agent a year a year and a half or so, and he is going to be the biggest name in quite some time available that way, that wasn't definitively going back to his old team, has no interest in anybody knowing a damn thing about what he's doing. Why is he doing this? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and the reason why there was such a backlash, and Andrew Freeman, who's head of Dodgers uh, baseball ops, just in the last hour met with reporters and said, yes, I've I've had a conversation with Dave about saying it out loud, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, you know, all these teams that are talking to uh, Otani were warned by Otani's representative at the beginning of the process. You know, if you if anything leaks out of your organization, it's going to be held against you, which, believe me, privately was met with a lot of eye rolls and a lot of laughter in front offices like, 
come on, really? Like, newsflash, the, the biggest spending team in baseball is interested in the most prominent player in baseball, the Dutch. And so I, I really, the, the amount of secrecy around this is laughable. When he won the MVP award, I wrote about this. Uh, you know, you had that little dog sitting next to him, and the question uh, wasn't asked immediately after, what's the dog's name? So I just reached out to his camp and said, hey, just out of curiosity, what, uh, what's Shohei's dog's name? And the answer I got back was, we're not prepared to release that at this time. <laughs> like, Oh, come on, really? Seriously? <laughs> yeah, uh, right. And so, and that's been the nature of this. And I contrast that with what could have happened when he met with the Blue Jays the other day. Imagine if he held a, you know, 15-minute Zoom call afterward. He would have easily deflected questions from reporters saying, I'm in the process. I don't know where I'm going to sign. But you know what? It was great to be at their complex. It's really impressive, the improvements they did. Boy, that would be fun to play with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. This really did a – what great power. I was lucky to beat him in the MVP race a few years ago. Bo Bichette, what a great player. And I want to thank the Blue Jays for having me here. In fact, I'm going to donate $50,000 to their charity. Uh, and you leave every, you leave there with this great feeling as opposed to threats. <laughs> like, don't talk about it. Don't mention his name out loud, even though we're, we know what's going on. And after that article posted uh, late yesterday, I got a bunch of text messages from people in baseball basically saying thank you for writing that. Well, Buster, not just that. And, and that I can understand everyone in that position having to keep it so hush-hush, but Part of what makes the NFL so dominant is that it's basically a 12-month sport. And and free agency is huge. And the draft is huge. People want to hear the reports of where the top guys are going. In basketball, every time we get a star player demanding a trade, I mean, we spent all summer talking about Dame Lillard and James Harden. Yep. And here you are. The, the unicorn of all players, Shohei Otani's hitting free agency, and the whole thing is being kept secret at a time of year where it's not only the holidays, but we got so much going on in the NFL and college football. That stuff can get lost in the cracks. Like, this hurts baseball that we're not talking about it. A hundred percent. And keep in mind, too, like, there really are no complicating factors in this one. He's going to get the biggest contract in the history of North American professional sports, okay? Everybody loves the guy. Uh, everyone lauds his talent. Uh, you know, if it had been sort of this, uh, you know, and, and again, he's entitled to his privacy. He doesn't have to tell us where he wants to go, but just not have it be this, uh, you know, like you're, you're reporting on uh, peace talks. You know, it's not <laughs> like it's that important for God's sake. Uh, and just – Enjoy the process. Use it as a way to celebrate your peers, other players, teams, uh, because everyone wants to love him. Let people love him. It's good for the sport. I absolutely love that the Blue Jays are showing him around their training camp complex. And, he, you know, they're asked about where they are right then, not at the winter meetings. I can't tell you that. I can't tell you where we're right, right now. Yeah. I, parts good unknown. Lord. Parts unknown. We're at Camp David. <laughs> right. Buster Olney is with us, ESPN Baseball Insider. All right, so Buster, what do you think the timetable is here on when he will make a decision? And you mentioned about a record-setting number. Where is that number going to end up considering he's not going to pitch next year? Yeah, and I'd only be guessing at that. Uh, you know, I do think, um, you know, he's been visiting with these teams. He's been having conversations you would assume that he's close to a final decision. I had, you know, a friend of his tell me as the process began, he really believed that Otani 
And anyway, he started the process, knew where he was going to go, but he's got to go through it to let the agent do the dog and pony show, literally in this case, uh, and go through the negotiations and, and, and you know, push the dollars. Um, I, I think it's north of $500 million. I do think there's some teams, I know that there's some teams that are concerned about him, uh, you know, want to protect themselves a little bit of risk. Uh, as a as a pitcher, because you don't know exactly what's going to happen with a guy coming back from Tommy John surgery, uh, but you know the the bottom line is is that he's going to be a huge piece for some teams' marketing and a huge boost, which is why the Angels still want to bring him back elsewhere because it's not just about Otani. Even though Otani wants no one talking about him, therefore we're talking about him even more. Juan Soto, what's the latest on where the Padres stand there, as well as the Yanks, maybe the Red Sox? I saw some of that last night. Yeah, and I think it's to the point where uh, we're just waiting for the final word that the deal has been agreed to between the Padres and the Yankees. It's that close. They've been going back and forth. There's confidence within both organizations. People I talked to today that a deal is going to get done. Um, Whenever you see the final package, uh, if you're a casual fan, you, you know, there are probably going to be a lot of people saying, boy, that the Padres didn't get as much for a future Hall of Famer as they should have. No, he doesn't have as much value now as, as uh, people might think because he's only a year from free agency. He's going to be making about $33 million in the upcoming season. And there are just simply not a lot of teams who would make a big deal for a player under those circumstances. Agent Scott Forrest. He's going to go into the open market a year from now. The Yankees have a surplus of starting pitching uh, and the ability to absorb a $33 million contract, so they are well-positioned to make this deal. Last one for Buster, only ESPN MLB insider. Buster, uh, when will we hear about Yoshinobu Yamamoto? We heard that Steve Cohen actually flew to Japan last week earlier today. Where does that stand? Well, he's going to be meeting with teams next week, starting with the Yankees on Monday. And I think there's a chance, guys, that when this is done, he's going to have, at the very least, the second biggest pitcher contract ever and very possibly the biggest contract ever for a pitcher. The record right now is $324 million for Garrett Cole. And the reason why is because you just don't see – Starting pitchers hit the market at age 25 with elite stuff. Uh, and this is someone who doesn't have very much tread off the tires from fewer than 1,000 innings professionally. Uh, so, And he's got a situation where the first time in my lifetime, the Mets and the Yankees are going hard after the same players, plus the Dodgers, plus the Giants. He's got the perfect storm in terms of bidders coming after him, uh, and that's only driving the price up. I think that in the end, when you talk about the money that's going to cost for the posting fee to pay back his old team in Japan, plus the contract he gets, it goes beyond where Garrett Cole's numbers were. Buster, great insight as usual. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Carlin, real quick, real quick on something. Um, Lost in the shuffle, but when we talk about disappointing teams, like the idea that the Padres are trading Juan Soto and how little they got out of all that talent the last few years. Oh, I mean, that is a major fail. Major fail. Just awful. And and their farm system is not where it needs to be. I mean, they have really... They have really fallen off for an, uh, an opportunity. A year and a half ago, I'm out there during the postseason. That town was absolutely nuts with what was going on. And they lose to the Phillies, and they really haven't been anything to talk about since. It's a shame. It really is. 
Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Buster, of course, the host of the Baseball Tonight podcast. Got to get another plug in for that because I can't tell you how awesome of a baseball podcast it is. Cowboys, Eagles, Sunday night, Joseph. But will it be an NFC Championship preview? We'll tell you next. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Flat on your speedo. Chris Carlin in the his house. Put on those floaties and grab a margarita. It's a Carlin versus Joe pool party. before there is a degree of schadenfreude in me in not necessarily enjoying but yeah really actually taking pleasure in the misfortune of others and there is something about me right now that is enjoying the fact that you now are on the east coast and have to wait seven months for an actual pool party (laughs) yeah i mean in las vegas the you don't close your pools. You don't no. necessarily go in them in December and January and February, but you don't close them up like you do here. So I'm glad you're uh, you're enjoying that. I'm glad. Yeah, that's that's just me. Yeah, feeling yep. that way about my partner. Oh, good. You're gonna <laughs> suffer. Good. <laughs> Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series Six M Channel Eighty. Don't forget the Dr Pepper call in line eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. The pool party is when Joe Fortenbaugh. He will present a pool of candidates for a particular topic, and we will select from that pool of candidates. So, Mr. Fortenbaugh, the floor is yours if I have described that properly. Relatively straightforward on pool number one. Team to reach the Super Bowl from the AFC. The AFC, not the NFC. The Chiefs, plus 225. The Ravens, plus 275. The Dolphins at 3-1. to one. The Shagwars at plus 750. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Give me the Dolphins right now. Oh, interesting. Give me the Dolphins right now. I, I, I think there's a lot of confidence in what they're doing across the board. Uh, I still wonder about beating good teams. I still do. I won't lie. But at the moment, I don't feel good about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I don't. Uh, I don't feel great about the Ravens quite yet uh, because they have kind of disappointed me in a couple of spots here and there when I've been ready to crown them. And the Jaguars, uh, I just, no, I can't. I can't. I can't. The Ravens check so many boxes. I know. But for some reason, there's always that inability to consistently put it together. And that reason is generally quarterback play. Like, Lamar will have a really bad game at one stage in the playoffs, and that will get them eliminated because you can't overcome that against really good teams. You can't overcome it if you're playing Carolina and you're having an off day. I'll take the Ravens, though. I have long maintained that the Ravens are the Philadelphia 76ers of the NFL. They can put together great regular seasons, and then they flame out as soon as the lights get too bright. But given the way things have shaken down in the AFC, it kind of feels like it's their year. So I'm not all the way shoving every chip into the center of the table. I'll take the Ravens there based on the defense, the coaching, and the upside of the offense. Pool party number two. Who will win the NBA Cup? The Bucks plus 150, the Lakers plus 225, the Pacers plus 375, the Pelicans plus 450. Ooh. Ooh. I'll still go Milwaukee. 
I'll still go Milwaukee here. And uh, taking the odds on favorite, I, I am intrigued by the fact that the Pacers are at this point, but I don't believe in the Pacers quite yet. And there is um, an urge, shall we say, for me to take the New Orleans Pelicans, but I, I just can't find myself doing it quite yet. I'm going to take the Pelicans based on pricing, plus 450. Here's why. They're a one to one and a half point dog against the Lakers. Like, they can win that game. This is not a scenario where you're a two-touchdown underdog and you're expected to get blown out. You're right there. You can play. And if you win that game at that price of plus 450, sure, you most likely get Milwaukee. But who's to say you can't win that game? The Bucs are great, yes, but they do have a rookie head coach. They're still working through the chemistry stuff. I mean, they've been great, don't get me wrong, but you're going to put plus 450 out there with a team in the Final Four that's an underdog of only a point in their matchup? I'll take it. Give me the Pelicans to win this thing. Okay. Pool party number three. Which Major League Baseball team will sign Shohei Otani? The Los Angeles Dodgers, plus 115. The Chicago Cubs, plus 350. The Texas Rangers, your boys, plus 650. The Toronto Blue Jays, 7-1. to So the team I actually think he ends up with is not on this list. Go ahead. You can go off the list. Giants. The San Francisco Giants? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Where are the Giants? I need to find out where they are odds-wise right now. Wilner? Handman? Uh- I have. I understand. They, I don't know if they've said that the finalists yet, but they're they're getting down to it. I have always thought all along that the Giants would be in this mix and be going after him very hard. And I can't think of a better guy right now that would fit in San Francisco than Shohei Otani. Um, does everything they're going to need. Uh, pitch next year, and then this coming year can just be a dynamic offensive player. The Giants have the money to spend. Go do it. 11 to 1. I'll take it. I'll take 11 to 1 on that. Absolutely, I will. I I would bet against that for one reason, and this was something I learned when I was covering the team there. Hitters aren't necessarily inclined to sign with them because that's not a hitter friendly park. park. The ballpark is very difficult. If you're worried about your numbers and your stats, as a hitter, you do not want to go to San Francisco. As a pitcher, it's a gem of a place to play. And and as a fan, he's not, well, you say he's both Wilner, but he's not going to be a pitcher this year, so he's not going to get any value out of that. So year one, we're not going to see him pitch at all. And as a fan, however, it's like the greatest place to go see a game. I lived right by it. I went to as many oh. games as possible. Loved it there. Um... I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I would want to say the Dodgers, but Roberts spoke publicly about it. So not only is are they going to be out of the race, he he might be excommunicated with the way uh, Otani has these rules set up. You never know. All right. Uh, pool party number four. Teams to meet. Teams plural to meet in the NFC Championship game. You got to pick two of the four. Okay. San Francisco 49ers, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, the Detroit Lions. 49ers, Eagles. No love for the NFC South champ here, I see. No Falcons. (laughs) Even if they hold on, I have God knows what's going to happen there. Go ahead, sorry. I just feel like they should be thrown out of the playoffs. Like, the, the whole South should just be relegated like it's English soccer. Yeah. Can we send them down to the to the XFL and the USFL merger? Like, Can imagine, <laughs> imagine if we end up having the Saints or the Falcons in there, but the Seahawks end up getting frozen out. Like, no, yeah. put the Seahawks in. 
Give me the Birmingham Stallions up yeah. here if you can in, in their place. You know what? That's you know? where Florida State should get in. Put Florida State in as the <laughs> NFC South champ. Everybody they wins. Into the NFL playoffs. Yeah. You guys can go ahead and represent the NFC South. We don't like any of those four teams as is. Yeah, there's no part of me that's going against the Eagles and the 49ers right now, just for obvious reasons. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. I, hard for me to disagree. The Lions definitely are not in the equation. NFC quarterback to win one game right now. You got him to win one game. Prescott, Purdy, Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Still believe in him. Still believe in him. A bit dinged up right now. I understand that. I'll still take my chances with Jalen Hurts. He's the best of the group. I mean, if I get the offense and the quarterback with him, Brock Purdy's got to be the choice. I know it sounds crazy, but... Purdy has won a lot of games. He has won a lot of games, and he's played very, very well. But listen, if if you're making me select, I'm still going with the Eagles. They still have more than enough playmakers on their offense to go with it, too. Just just more than enough. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. It is a dynamic program. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.